Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading <clears throat> Heroes of Olympus by Rick Riordan. Chapter 23, Leo. Leo wished the dragon hadn't landed on the toilets. Of all the places to crash, a line of porta potties would not have been his first choice. A dozen of blue plastic boxes had been set up in the factory yard, and Festus had flattened them all. Fortunately, they hadn't been in use a long time and the fireball from the crash incinerated most of the contents, but still, there are some pretty gross chemical leakants leaking out of the wreckage. Leo had to pick his way through and try not to breathe through his nose. Heavy snow was coming down, but the dragon's hide was still steaming hot. Of course, that didn't bother Leo. After a few minutes of climbing Festus's inanimate body, Leo started to get irritated. The dragon looked perfectly fine. Yes, it had fallen out of the sky and landed with a big kaboom, but its body wasn't even dented. The fire had apparently come from the built-up gases inside the toilet units, not from the fireball itself. Not from the dragon itself. Festus's wings were intact. Nothing seemed broken. There was no reason it should have stopped. Not my fault, he muttered. Festus making me look bad. Then he opened the control panel of the dragon's head, and Leo's heart sank. Oh, Festus, what the heck? The wiring had frozen over. Leo knew it had been okay yesterday. He'd worked so hard to repair the corroded lines, but something had caused a flash freeze inside the dragon's skull, where it should have been too hot for ice to form. The ice had caused the wiring to overload and char the control disc. Leo couldn't see any reason that would have happened. Sure, the dragon was old, but still, it didn't make any sense. He... Could replace the wires, that wasn't the problem. But the charred control disc was not good. The Greek letters and pictures carved around the edges, which probably held all the kinds of magic, were blurred and blackened. The one piece of hardware Leo couldn't replace, and it was damaged. Again. He imagined his mom's voice. Most problems look worse than they are, mijo. Nothing is unfixable. His mom could repair just about anything, but Leo was pretty sure she'd never worked on a 50-year-old... Metal dragon. He clenched his teeth and decided he had to try. He wasn't walking from Detroit to Chicago in a snowstorm, and he wasn't going to be responsible for stranding his friends. Right, he muttered, brushing the snow off his shoulders. Give me a nylon bristle detailed brush with nitrile gloves and maybe a can of that aerosol cleaning solvent. The tool belt obliged. Leo couldn't help smiling as he pulled out the supplies. The belt's pockets did have limits. They wouldn't give him anything magic, like Jason's sword or anything huge, like a chainsaw. He'd try asking for both. And if he asked for too many things at once, the belt needed a cooldown time before it could work again. The more complicated the request, the longer the cooldown. But anything small and simple like that you might find around in a workshop, all Leo had to do was ask. He began clinging off, off the control disc, cleaning off the control disc. While he worked, snow collected on the cooling dragon. Leo had to stop from time to time to summon fire and melt it away, but mostly he went into autopilot mode, his hands working by themselves as his thoughts wandered. Leo couldn't believe how stupid he'd acted back in Boreas's palace. He should have figured a family of winter gods would hate him on sight. Son of the fire god flying a fire-breathing dragon into an ice penthouse? Yeah, Maybe not the best move. Still, he hated feeling like a reject. Jason and Piper got to visit the throne room. 
Leo got to wait in the lobby with Cal, the demigod of hockey and major head injuries. Fire is bad, Cal had told him. That pretty much summed it up. Leo knew he couldn't keep the truth from his friends much longer. Ever since Camp Half-Blood, one line that of that great prophecy kept coming back to him. To storm or fire, the world must fall. And Leo was the first guy. The first fire guy. The first one since 1666, when London had burned down. If he told his friends what he could really do, Hey guys, guess what? I might destroy the world. Why would anyone welcome him back to camp? Leo would have to go on the run again. Even though he knew that drill, the idea depressed him. Then there was Keone. Dang, that girl was fine. Leo knew he had acted like a total fool, but he couldn't help himself. He'd had his clothes cleaned within the one-hour valet service, which had been totally sweet, by the way. He combed his hair, never an easy job, and even discovered his the tool be- uh, belt could make breath mints, all in hopes that he could get close to her. Naturally, no such luck. Getting frozen out, story of his life. By his relatives, foster homes, you name it. Even at wilderness school, Leo had spent the last few weeks feeling like a third wheel as Jason and Piper, his only friend, became a couple. He was happy for them and all, but still made him feel like they didn't need him anymore. When he found out Jason, Jason's whole time at school had been an illusion, a kind of memory burp, Leo had been secretly excited. It was a chance for a reset. Now Jason and Piper were heading towards being a couple again. That was obvious from the way they acted in the warehouse just now. Like they wanted to talk in private without Leo around. What had he expected? He'd wind up at the odd man out. Again. Keone had just given him a cold shoulder a little quicker than most. Enough, Valdez, he scolded himself. Nobody's gonna play any violins just be- for you just because you're not important. Fix the stupid dragon. He got so involved with his work, he wasn't sure how time had passed before he heard the voice. You're wrong, Leo, it said. He fumbled his brush and dropped it into the dragon's head. He stood, but he couldn't see who'd spoken. Then he looked at the ground. Snow and chemical sludge from the toilets, even the asphalt itself, was shifting like it was turning into a liquid. A ten-foot-wide area formed eyes, a nose, and mouth. A giant face of a sleeping woman. She didn't exactly speak. Her lips didn't move. But Leo could hear her voice in his head, as if the vibrations were coming through the ground, straight into his feet, and resonating up his skeleton. They need you desperately, she said. In some ways, you are the most important of the seven, like the control disc in the dragon's brain. Without you, the power of the others means nothing. They will never reach me, never stop me, and I will fully wake. You. Leo was shaking so badly, he wasn't sure he'd spoken aloud. He hadn't heard that voice since he was eight, but it was her. The earthen woman from the machine shop. You killed my mom. The face shifted. The mouth formed a sleepy smile like it was having a pleasant dream. Ah, but Leo, I am your mother too. The first mother. Do not oppose me. Walk away now. Let my son, Porphyrion, rise and become king. And I'll ease your burdens. You will tread lightly on the earth. Leo grabbed the nearest thing he could find. A porta potty seat. And threw it at the face. Leave me alone! The, t- the toilet seat sank into the liquid earth. Snow and sludge ripped and rippled and the face dissolved. Leo stared at the ground, waiting for the face to reappear. But it didn't. Leo wanted to think he'd imagined it. Then, from the direction of the factory, factory, he heard a crash. Like two dumpster trucks slamming together. 
Metal crumpled and groaned, and the noises echoed across the yard. Instantly, Leo knew that Jason and Piper were in trouble. Walk away now, the voice had urged. Not likely, Leo growled. Give me the biggest, best hammer you've got. He reached into his tool belt and pulled out a three-pound club hammer with a double-faced head the size of a baked potato. Then he jumped off the dragon's back and ran towards the warehouse. And that was the end of chapter 23. This was a very short chapter, uh, but I still hope you guys had a good time listening to me read it. And we'll come back for more next time. Uh, But with that, Isaac...